there's been uh, over the last couple of decades major major changes in mortality rates in the country really largely driven by the HIV and AIDS epidemic. So we saw a major increase in mortality that went up until about the mid-2000s, about 2006 or so. And after 2006, we saw death rates coming down. And we saw that decrease really in nearly all of the age groups. We didn't see it in the very older people, but in young children and in young middle-aged adults, we saw this decrease. And the reason for the decrease, well, the reason for the increase were deaths due to they were the HIV-related deaths. And the decrease was when South African Department of Health introduced programs um, and then rolled them across the country, primarily the PMTCT program, Prevention of Mother-to-Child Transmission, and antiretroviral therapy. So it was introduced, and it took a while before it rolled out and reached people more broadly in the country. So first it was in hospitals and in urban centers, and then it rolled out, it reached the rural areas, and then also clinics. And so more and more people were able to access uh, PMTCT and antiretroviral therapy. And when when we began to reach a greater number of HIV-infected people by the mid-2000s, that's when we saw mortality beginning to come down. And so that's really when you say why the decrease, it's because of effective effective uh, programs to prevent and to treat HIV-related diseases. So most of the deaths were caused by HIV-related illnesses. Well, that was really driving, driving the increase in mortality. Because remember, that happened at a time. We were seeing this great increase in mortality at a time when socioeconomically South Africa was beginning to do better. It was after democratic change, after 1994, and socioeconomic improvements were beginning to happen in South Africa. And you then expect improvements in mortality as well. That's certainly been seen in many other places across the globe. But we saw democracy, socioeconomic improvement happening, and and despite that, worsening mortality. And that was because of HIV and AIDS, an epidemic where really treatment started very late in this country. But when it started, there was a very you know, good response that we see in our mortality rates. From the area I work, we published a paper looking just at child mortality. We were measuring progress towards the Millennium Development Goal, number four, the one about child mo- reducing under five mortality. And we found that over 20 years that our rates of child deaths 
had reached the same level as it was 20 years before. So at the end of 2015, at the time when countries were supposed to have achieved the Millennium Development Goal, um, South Africa had not achieved it. But although we didn't achieve it, there had been this remarkable reduction in child mortality back to the level it was 20 years before. And in those 20 years, we saw this huge increase because of HIV. And then when we got PMTCT programs and antiretroviral therapy rollout and mortality declined, we saw um, progress towards the Millennium Development Goal, but we didn't achieve it in the time. And that was because of, of the epidemic, the HIV epidemic. So there are two, I'm going to answer that in two ways. And in fact, you answered it yourself, um, one of the things. The first thing is, is that biologically, females live longer than males. Um, so in all settings, um, life expectancy for women is higher than it is for men. And that's everywhere. It's, it's, it's biological. Um, then depending on the socioeconomic circumstances and the disease, uh, prevailing diseases and health service access and utilization, that can change things. And what you noted about utilization of health services is a very important point. In this country, and it's not only in this country, it's in many other countries in the world as well, but definitely in South Africa, men are very reluctant to access services. Women use our health services much more than men do. And that goes for testing, and it goes for um, treat, you know, testing for HIV, screening for non-communicable diseases, because the Stats SA report makes clear how very prominent non-communicable diseases like diabetes and high blood pressure yes. are in the top 10 causes. Yes. So women utilize services much more to screen for conditions, um, to test, and to go for treatment. If there's been a diagnosis, women will go for treatment much more than men will. And men neglect, they, they are... Um, do not use services to the same extent as women. So you answered that yourself and you're right. So that is one of the reasons why for prevent conditions that can be prevented by adequate treatment, like if you've got high blood pressure um, and you go to a clinic and you for screening and you it's diagnosed and you then get onto treatment and stay on treatment so that you, you adhere comply with the treatment, and your blood pressure stays at a normal level, you, are at, you lower your risk for stroke. But if you don't get the diagnosis or you have the diagnosis but you don't stay on, go on to treatment and stay on treatment, then you have a much higher risk of having a stroke and a life-threatening event like a stroke or a heart attack. Mm. Um, and so men... So that is just, it's a, it's a very stark difference that men um, don't use health services to the same extent as women do. 
So it's a biological explanation that women do live longer than than men, mm-hmm. and then that is um, added to that men don't access services for testing or for treatment to the Sorry. same extent as women do. Yeah. Sorry, doc. Just the, the, just following up on the part that they are reluctant to go. In your research, have you found out what the reason is? Some of the reason is just um, perceived barriers to 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 accessing services. Um, that uh, it's a sign of um, weakness to to need care. That um, stigma associated for certain conditions are a barrier to accessing care. Uh, labor migration in this country, many, many men migrate for work, and so it may not be, um, uh, I mean, women do as well, but at lower rates than men do. Yes. So that might also make it difficult to access care, particularly care which is lifelong, treatment for non-communicable conditions like diabetes and, and hypertension. You have to be on that treatment all your life. If you go into antiretroviral therapy, you have to be on that treatment all of your life. So when you're migrating for work, it's sometimes much more difficult to access this, conti- this continuity of care that's so important for chronic diseases. So there are barriers in terms of it being not wanting to be seen as weak and vulnerable and so having to seek care, barriers because of stigma associated with certain conditions, as well as just structural difficulties of being able to access ongoing long-term treatment when um, many, many men are migrating on a regular basis for work. And as I say, it's not that women don't. Migration in women is increasing, but it's not at the very, very high levels that we see it in, in men.